Hello, metalheads, and welcome to episode three of the Harsh Vocals podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Justin Corbett, and with me is... Christian Renner. How you doing today, Christian? Not too bad. Looking forward to this. Yeah, me too. It's been a couple weeks, and when we initially started doing the show, we said we would do a bi-weekly podcast, and I was thinking, ah, oh, it'd be no problem to pick three songs to, to highlight these albums, but holy crap, what a tough couple of weeks. There's been so much good material. <laughs> I mean, like I like I keep saying over and over and over again, like metal has never been as good as it is right now. I mean, it's just I insane. completely agree. I feel like since twenty nine, the end of twenty nineteen, there's just been an abundance of good bands putting out an abundance of good material, and every single year is better than the one before it. And you know, my end of the year list just keeps growing. <laughs> yeah, every time you turn around, you you think like it, it can't possibly get any better than 2023 was, and I said that in 2022, and I said it in 2021, <laughs> and you know, just every single year, it just it, it's just more and more and more. And I mean, you know, it could very well be you know just the amount of stuff that you and I listen to that you know maybe a lot of people obviously don't listen to that much. It's but. it's definitely a factor, but but I mean, when when you do listen to as much as you and I do, there's a lot of like junk yeah yeah that's <laughs> that you true. have to hear <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta listen through all the turds to get to the jewels but yeah, there is quite a bit of that it makes it very apparent when there's a lot of jewels you know yeah i mean you know my my weekly playlist does usually anywhere from you know 60 to 100 albums every single week mm -hmm. and i can pare those down to a solid 10 to 15 so that, that kind of tells you how much bloat is and crap is out yeah. there yeah and, and same here i mean I feel like you probably listen to a little bit more than I do just because you like more variety. Um, like you listen to a lot more thrash and power metal progressive yeah. stuff. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm a big fan of blues rock too. And you know, just regular mm -hmm. heavy metal slash hard rock. Like I'm still a fan of Skid Row, you know, uh, <laughs> Hey, what are you going to do? But I mean, even, even staying in just the realm of black and blackened things and death things, you know, I still do 40 to 60 most weeks. Yeah. So, yeah, there's plenty out there. That's a lot compared to what most people listen to, I think. Well, and then you, when you consider, we probably miss a ton of shit, mm -hmm. too. So. Oh, I know we do, because I'm always finding new stuff on Twitter or Bandcamp or <laughs> people recommending well, stuff. Well, even, you know, yeah. you and I just texting through the week, like, hey, have you heard this? And I was like, fuck, that wasn't even on my list. <laughs> like, damn. I feel as though I do a pretty solid job of scouring what the new releases are going to be this week, and I still invariably miss probably a good 20%, 25%, who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm always surprised by the end of year list and I'm like, Jesus Christ, I haven't. Oh, I, I love end of year list time because that's when you find new stuff that you missed. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, this year, the, the year started out so strong, so quick. Usually January is where I listen to a lot of stuff that I missed from the previous year. And mm -hmm. I, I really haven't had a whole lot of chance to do that. Yeah. I mean, on our last episode, we talked about the first two weeks of the year and, you know, there was we had no trouble picking three albums each to talk about. And there probably could have been four or five more. Each of us could have addressed, but this, this past two weeks has been even better than the first two weeks yeah. was. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like there was 20 to 25, just really strong releases over the last two weeks. And I'm excited to get to them. Yeah. So let's not waste any time. Let's uh, dive right in. So my first pick of the week is a band called cave sermon. These guys are, very hard to pin down as far as genres go. And I know, Christian, you picked our uh, topic this week of genres and subgenres. So maybe you'll have something to say about this. But the closest description I think I could come to with these guys uh, is experimental dissonant post-black metal. Would you agree with that? Considering I'm not 
100% sure what all that means. Uh, I, I would say they're just, uh, if, if somebody wants to put whatever tag on it, that's fine. It's it's definitely, you know, very heavy, heavy death metal. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, lots of experimentation in there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with <laughs> whatever description. This is the first of a few extremely chaotic albums that I've heard this year. I kind of want to touch on that for a minute because... I, I like chaotic albums, but um, it's very rare that they make my end of year list or even my consideration list for end of year. Uh, pretty much the only one of the last few years that has consistently made it is Aransi Pazuzu. And they do a lot of like really bizarre, weird things. Cave Sermon uh, released this album and it is full of jazzy parts and horns and screeching and blast beats and just anything you could think of kind of the whole kitchen sink was thrown into this album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that's why it's so hard to pin down the description. So experimental kind of covers all of that dissonant. You know, I think that means like conflicting sounds working together. Uh, there's a lot of that. And then there are parts yeah, that as soon as you put the horns in there, yeah, there, there are parts that are, are undisputably uh, melodic post black metal. Um, and of course those are my favorite parts because that's my favorite type of music, but I, I love this album. I've listened to it probably 30 times since I first discovered it. Um, this was not in any of my uh, websites or anything. I found this one on Twitter, actually. Somebody recommended it, and I gave it a shot. And I uh, first heard it at like 2 a.m., and then I couldn't sleep because I had to hear it again. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, it, it. what it reminded me of, like a much heavier White Ward. Yeah. You know, that, that album that came out. I could see that. 2021. That got a ton of buzz. Love Exchange Failure. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was my album of the year that year actually. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Just a lot heavier, a lot. Heavier. So this is the first of the chaotic albums that I'm highlighting on today's discussion. But there's two more. There's two more that actually are in my contender list for end of year, which is just astonishing considering we're you know one month into the year, and there's already been three exceptional chaotic music releases. So. Without further ado, uh, here is the first track. This is Cave Sermon off the album Divine Laughter, and the name of the song is Beyond Recognition.
<laughs> well, that was a longer song than we usually play on the show. Uh, had to be because every track on the album is kind of long, but hopefully everybody stuck through it and was able to appreciate all of the chaos that I was talking about before. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely goes places. Yes. And I mean, it, it's if that doesn't wake you up, uh, you might be dead. <laughs> That's very true. But if you enjoyed it, 100% go check these guys out. You know, they have uh, they have CDs, I think, for sale on their band camp. Um, they're not doing vinyls yet, but they did say possibly in the future. So please go and support them however you can, because I would love to own a vinyl of this. So yeah, definitely <laughs> totally selfish in my motivations. But what can you do? <laughs> uh, all right. So the next band that we're going to highlight is one that Christian picked. And this is going to be, is that pronounced Zion? I'm going to guess it is. It's, you know, X-I-O-N. I'm, I'm assuming that's Zion. And the album's called Between Shadows and Gods. Uh, they're a thrash metal band from uh, Sweden. And one of the things that, you know, I, I always try and do a little bit of background. And this band, actually, they have um, a competition in Sweden called Imagine Sweden, which is a musical competition, you know, like trying to find, you know, like the Eurovision next big thing. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> and they actually came in second place for this, which is odd because they, they're not super easy to get into. I mean, it's a straight up thrash metal band. You don't really hear a whole lot of thrash coming out of Sweden. I mean, they're more known yeah, for their melodic not. death metal and things like that, you know, and some black metal. Not to say there isn't thrash metal bands there, but they usually have a tinge of one of those other two genres built into them. Yeah, they're... Honestly, when I first heard this, it reminded me a lot of like classic Metallica. Yeah, yeah. Um, it sounds sounds a lot like stuff off Ride the Lightning. So yeah, it's pretty good. And I mean, one of the other things that, that I mean, the level of talent in this band is, is you know pretty evident early, early on. And then you find out that the oldest member of the band is 23 and the youngest is 19. Oh, wow. And for uh, young guys like that, it, it just makes you... Uh, <laughs> makes you wish you were more talented when you well, were younger. Yeah, that. And, you know, <laughs> it, it definitely gives you hope for the future. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Thrash is not my preferred subgenre, but I do occasionally dip my toe and find stuff I like. And, and this one I enjoyed quite a bit. So uh, it's a good pick, Christian. Do you want to play a track from it? Yeah, the, the track that I picked was a, a song called Derailed, which, you know, mainly focuses on this, this band's fantastic guitar work. They, they have a fantastic guitar. Cool. Well, again, the name of the band is Zion. Uh, the album is called Between Shadows and Gods, and this is the track Derailed.
right, that was a fantastic song from uh, Zion, and hope you liked it. If you're a fan of thrash metal at all, uh, check this one out. Yeah, it's a good one for sure. So moving on, my next band was one that's new to me. They're a mixture of musicians from Germany and Turkey, and the name of the band is Bipolar Architecture. This is their second album. They are almost kind of undisputedly progressive post-black metal um, they do have some death metal influences kind of built in, but I feel pretty confident saying they're post-black. Yeah, yeah, that's that's where I would go. I mean, plus, what a fantastic name, Bipolar Architecture. Yeah, it really is, and the album looks cool, too. I don't know if you've seen the cover, but it's like a brain that's been dissected in kind of this orb. Yeah. Um, very yeah, symmetrical looking. Great. So I, I love this kind of music, you know, this very emotional, emotive kind of uh, sound that's built on the backs of strong black metal vocals and um, that post metal kind of sludgy guitar uh, sound behind it. It's just fantastic. I've been listening to this one a lot off and on throughout the week too. And I actually ordered the vinyl off Bandcamp, So I know this one's going to stick with me through the year. <laughs> well, it was actually kind of funny because we hadn't talked about this during the week and then, you know, I heard it and I mean, my first thought was like, Oh, Justin's going to love this. Um, <laughs> and so I asked you if you'd heard it, and you were like, yeah, yeah, that's really good. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew this was right in your wheelhouse. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the good thing about having so many metal friends is that, you know, they all know, we all kind of know what each other are into. So whenever we come across stuff like that, we try to recommend it to each other. But, you know, at least with Christian and me, since we listen to so much, we kind of find it on our own a lot of the time. Yeah. But uh, we're going to play a track from this one as well. This is called Bipolar Architecture. The name of the album is Metaphysicize, and the song is Death of the Architect. So enjoy.
think that might be the heaviest song on the album. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is very mellow. Um, great zoning out music, you know, when you're doing work or art or something. Yeah. <laughs> you just I, put it on I, in the background and sort of relax. But this one's a little more aggressive. Yeah. I, do, I don't want to compare them to Opeth, but they have mm-hmm. that, that same, because they don't sound like Opeth, but, you know, that same vibe you get from Opeth, you know, that just, you can just chill out and listen to it. Yeah, uh, because of you know all the you know the differences uh, that Opeth throws in there, you know, with, between the heavy and clean stuff. Um, yeah, but it gives you that same kind of vibe as you're listening to the album. Yeah, I agree. It's a good one for when you're trying to go to sleep too, because it's been my nightly uh, ritual to play it while I'm trying to go to bed. It works a whole lot better than Cave Sermon. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my wife thinks it's so weird that you know like. Uh, since I work nights and I sleep during the day that, you know, uh, I'll go to sleep listening to like stuff that would normally scare the shit out of people, you know? And <laughs> you know, like if you heard that playing, you know, at two o'clock in the morning, it would, it would definitely, you know, and I go right to sleep. Yeah. It's, it's something about it is soothing. Um, yeah. Once you become accustomed to it and you're a real metalhead and this is what you're about, you could find certain things that other people that aren't into the culture would be shocked by. Um, yeah. And for you, it's just a soothing background piece. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, okay. So moving on. Um, the next one is another one of Christian's picks. This is um, a band that we maybe didn't quite agree on uh, this particular album. Um, Heres or High Rays. I'm going to go with High Rays. I'm not really sure how to pronounce it. Sure. The album is called Dormant. They're a mellow death band out of Germany. And interesting fact, their band name is derived from the Welsh term High Wrath which is having nostalgia or yearning for places from the past or like, like basically remembering like it, like I, I'm from Germany. So like, I I probably have a, uh, like when I think about Germany, I I probably have a a, a way better thought than it actually is. Like I remember it Mm -hmm. being better than it probably really is. And I guess that's (laughs) what that term is supposed to mean. And, uh, is that a statement about Mellow Death or, or what? Yeah, see, and I, I was kind of wondering about that too because I mean, this album is very complex. There's a lot going on here, and again, uh, yet another female-fronted band with fantastic vocals. You know that uh, you would never, never guess it's a female doing this, but you know the the songwriting is super nuanced. Uh, the you know lots of layers. And it's extremely technical. Yeah, it it definitely sounds like a a ton of time was taken in putting this record together. Like you you get a whole lot of like like everything had to be exact is you know the feeling that I get from it. Like like maybe they they spent two days trying to figure out you know what sort of accent to hit on the hi hat or something you know or a, a cymbal crash or whatever and you know debated it you know i'm sure it wasn't nearly that complex but when you <laughs> listen to the album that's the kind of feelings that you get like everything is put in a certain place and specifically for a reason that yeah. nothing was done here for you know just oh we need to finish this we it was everything was thought very with a lot of in-depth going on here yeah, and I said we had a little bit of a conflicting opinion because I I don't necessarily disagree with you on any of that. I think it's a really, really well-crafted album. There's a lot in there to love. And uh, taking each song individually, I really do love it. But listening to the album as a whole, 
Um, at least for me, and I don't know, this may just be biased because I've been listening to so much music and so much quality stuff um, over the last couple of weeks. A lot of the songs sounded kind of samey to me. So I got a little bit bored with it after like the second listen, and I haven't returned to it since then. That's not to say that that is going to be my final judgment of the album, because I'm probably going to return to it a few more times throughout the year, and uh, maybe my opinion will change. But at least for the first couple of spins, it did it did kind of become very similar sounding as the the record went on, but it's still very, very good songs. So, you know, like since we started this podcast, it's actually uh, kind of funny because I've, I've gone through and, you know, we had talked before about what got us into harsh vocals. And mm-hmm. so I've, I've actually been listening to quite a bit, you know, when I'm not listening to something new, you know, I always try and listen to two or three new albums and I go back and listen to something old because uh, it can get, you know, if you're trying to constantly, like, oh, would this be good enough to make it onto the podcast? And, you know, sometimes you just want to just relax and listen to some music that you know you love. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone back and I was listening to a lot of 90s uh, Mellow Death. And the, this would fit right in with that. Oh, yeah. it, it's more advanced. Uh, you can see, but you can definitely see their influences. Yeah, they have modern production value, which is considerably better than what it was, you know, 30 years ago but oh yeah um yeah i agree sound wise they definitely fit in and I, I do the same thing i mean i'm i'm sure some of you follow me on social media as harsh vocal site on uh, instagram twitter and facebook you know I, I go back and listen to records at least one or two records a day while i'm working so I, I go back and revisit favorites as well but i've also been doing sort of the same thing on my uh, spotify trying to go back and listen to things i missed in 2023 or i've kind of been trying to go down like a post black metal hole. <laughs> like I've been listening to a lot of Alinde and a lot of Karg and a lot of, uh, Blue Dross Nord stuff like that, that, uh, I didn't really pay too much attention to their early albums. And I feel like I might be missing something great. So spending a lot of time doing that as well. So you got to kind of mix it up. You can't just listen to the same 20 records on repeat for two weeks straight. Yeah. Especially if you run into like four or five like bad albums in mm-hmm. a row you're just like oh man i need to listen to something yeah good. you need a palate <laughs> cleanser absolutely yeah definitely yeah but here eyes or here is or however high rays however it's supposed to be pronounced um it is a very very solid melodic death metal album um there have been several great ones so far this year and this is right up there with them may not make my end of year list but it could i'll keep listening we'll see all right so the song that i picked was about lies and this is High Res or High Rays, uh, and the album is called Dormant.
Yeah, it's a killer track, man. <laughs> I, I, I really dig it. Uh, so the, the next album is another Mellow Death album that you picked. Um, these guys are called Burning the Forgotten. You want to talk a little bit about that? Well, it's uh, not really uh, them as much as it is a guy. Oh, uh, okay. His name is Antonis or Antonis uh, Descalacus. I mean, it's obviously there's some uh, there's some Greek heritage in there somewhere because uh, even though this guy is it said on uh, the metal pages he's from Canada, uh, but there that is definitely a Greek name. <laughs> uh, and the album is called "Those with the Rotten Souls," and this is a just a straight up love letter to '90s era mellow death. Like there's so much dark tranquility influence in this, and I think that's why I got drawn to it as much as I did because the album's not very long. I think it's only 29 minutes and there's, you know, a couple of instrumental things in between there, but it's, it's basically just yet another one man project. And this is his debut album, which is super impressive. Oh yeah. This sounds like it's taken some work and uh, yeah, I was super impressed. With I, I like it because it's very succinct. Like there's no bloat. It's only a 30 minute, uh, 27 minute album. So each song is just blisteringly fast and, you know, there's a lot of soaring melodies and it's exactly what you want out of a Mellow Death album. And since I guess he's writing it himself, he doesn't have a lot of outside influences creating that bloat. So uh, he's able to keep it really succinct and just really punctual. Um, I I enjoyed this album quite a bit. You know, now that you say that, you know, the the one man project things, you know, them not having any uh, people on the outside wanting to put their ideas in as well. You know, it does make for an album that's a lot more focused. Mm-hmm. And I, I've kind of noticed that with a lot of one-man projects. Like like Hell Ripper, mm-hmm. his albums are just, there isn't any sort of bloat in there whatsoever. I mean, they're just straight balls out from start to finish. And honestly, I think that's why he's, you know, blown up the way he is. Yeah, I, I feel like... There's so many one man projects out there and a lot of them are not that good, but the ones that are good, it's just like mind boggling how good, how, how one person can play all those instruments so well, can write all that music, compose it all. So it all works together, you know, and then not have bloat, not have, you know, all those other things that detract from what statement they're trying to make. Um, there's, there's so many good one man projects out there and it's just, it's so impressive to me at least. That people are able to do that. Uh, yeah. And I mean, you know, uh, I used to be a drummer in, in a band and, uh, you know, writing music is hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is not not an easy thing to do. And uh, yeah, the level of talent that's just out there right now is just kind of crazy. Agreed. All right. Well, let's uh, let's play a track from this album as well. This is Burning the Forgotten. Uh, the name of the album is Those with Rotten Souls. And this is the track called Burning the Forgotten. So. Enjoy it.
All right, that was Burning the Forgotten, the track Burning the Forgotten, <laughs> yeah. and uh, Antonis Descalacus. I'm going to go with that. Um, good, good stuff. Job, man. Good job. Good stuff. Thumbs up from uh, the Harsh Vocals podcast guy. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, uh, moving on, and speaking of one-man projects, um, I decided to save this one for an end because, in my opinion, this is the best album that's come out in 2024 so far. And it is a very long track as well, like the first one was. So I do apologize for maybe making the podcast a little bit longer than it typically is. But I had to highlight this because it's just so fucking good. So the name of the band is Hoplites, which is a Greek word that means armed soldier. And the image shown on the album is, you know, a soldier with a spear and a a shield like you'd expect to see, you know, the traditional Greek soldier. But the interesting thing is that this is a one man project from China. And the guy behind it is a scholar of languages. Um, he has a PhD in wow. multiple languages. He's actually the same musician who's behind the other solo project called Vitriolic Sage, which you may have heard of. In the Vitriolic Sage albums, he sings in Mandarin, French, Old Tibetan, and Galrongic languages. But in Hoplites, every single song is sang in ancient Greek, which is just astonishing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even make that connection. Yeah. But I, I, I love this album. It's, it's a really, really good <laughs> And again, this is one that's very hard to classify. The best explanation that I can kind of give it is that it is uh, experimental, progressive, black metal mixed with math core. Like if you listen to it, there's this perpetual math core drumming sound signature to every single song. And it's just always there in the background, keeping pace throughout the entire thing. But then you have these very sophisticated layers of black metal over the top of it. And he does some very odd and interesting things throughout the the music um, that you don't typically see. Of course, there are horns, which you're used to seeing in some black metal. You know, there's trumpets and saxophones. But the way they're used, I would describe as very chaotic, um, just like I did with the first album we talked about. This is the second most chaotic album (laughs) that I've heard this so far this year that has made it to my contender list. And as I said before, currently my album contender of the year, um, I'm completely head over heels in love with this. So the name of the band is Hoplites. The name of the album is Paramenomini. And then I'm not even going to attempt to actually give you the track name because I couldn't find a translator that was capable of telling me what it's called. So (laughs) I'm just going to call it track one. So (laughs) Here you go. Hope you enjoy it. (laughs) I'm 
Well, that was a ride, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you know, the just for information out there, if you type in hoplites into Spotify, it will come right up. Yeah, so, that's it's pretty easy to find. It's just H O P L I T E S. Yeah. If you liked that first song at all, and that's the first track of the album, uh, you got to listen to the whole thing. It's it's captivating, and it will not let you go. And when you bring up the 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 Spotify page, it'll show you the you know the ancient Greek language, and mm-hmm. you know. So uh, yeah, I got no idea what he's singing about, but I just know he's not su- a surprise. Super talented, super talented guy. Yeah. Um, there are not very many people that could compose something like this in the world. And the fact that he has two projects that are completely different, that are done in completely different languages, just the the level of talent some people have, just so impressive. This guy especially. So I can't say enough good things about it. You've got to check out Hoplites. Yeah, I got to find a way to get this on vinyl. Yeah, well, I I was on his band camp and a few people were asking him about it because he did release um, vinyls of his previous two EPs. And he said that if there's enough demand and he can get the financing, he will create a vinyl for it. So uh, I'm following him. If if it gets released, you know I'm going to buy a copy, but I'll definitely let you know as well <laughs> if that happens. Uh, hell, set up a GoFundMe. I'll, I'll <laughs> definitely buy one. I would too. I would too. Kickstarter. Uh, so something we're going to do a little bit different that we haven't done on the previous episodes is we're going to talk about honorable mentions. As I've said several times so far, the show, there was an abundance of good stuff over the last two weeks. So... Christian, you want to take a t- take a second to talk about some of the other bands you really liked? Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I obviously uh, listen to uh, a lot more uh, lighter genres than uh, than Justin does. So I, some of the stuff that came out over the last couple of weeks that is absolutely fantastic. Uh, Saxon had a new album, Hellfire and Damnation. Now this is <laughs> this is going to be kind of crazy. This is their twenty third album. Wow. 23rd studio album. And this band is still crushing it. I mean, this is just... They have any original members left? Well, Biff Byford is still there. Uh, okay. And, I mean, his vocals sound the same as they did back in 1978. That's impressive, too. <laughs> when you consider this band has been around since the mid-70s. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. Another one that... Uh, an album that I absolutely 100% got addicted to this uh, this last couple of weeks is a band called Mega Colossus. They're a traditional metal band from uh, North Carolina, and the album is called Showdown. And if you like traditional metal at all, it, with a little bit of speed element to it, you know they're faster than a normal traditional band. But yeah, th- this album is absolutely fantastic. And if you uh, if you only have time to listen to one song, listen to the song Fortune and Glory. That is so damn catchy. Uh, then I came across a uh, Serbian heavy slash thrash band. I believe they're an all-female band, too. Hmm. They're a band called Jenner, uh, J-E-N-N-E-R. And the album is called Prove Them Wrong. Uh, that was really good as well. Manicora, uh, Mycelium. They're a Danish progressive power metal band that is a little bit heavier than you would kind of expect. I mean, almost bordering on uh, very light thrash, but the progressive elements are all over it. Then I came across a punk band out of Germany called Snakes in the Pit. And the album is called Hamburg City Hardcore. <laughs> and, you know, I'm a, I'm a big punk fan too. I always have been. You know, I'm a big DRI fan and stuff. Um, so this really scratched that punk itch 
and you know, you and I have both discussed that we kind of like that punky kind of sound in our black metal too. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the vocals. And, uh, yeah. I mean, this is definitely more hardcore vocal than it is punk vocal, but great record. One of my favorite folk metal bands of all time is a band out of Spain called Mago Diaz. And they came out with a new album, Alicia NL Metal Verso. Uh, my Spanish is not good, obviously. And I mean, they do <laughs> it's close they, they do sing in nothing but Spanish. So if you don't understand Spanish, it, you're not going to understand it. But the music is what draws me to it. Then for more of the heavier stuff, uh, Necro Wretch. Uh, Swords of Dajal, Death Black Metal from France, another French band. That's real good, man. I feel like I feel like that's a grower. I feel like that's an album that the more I listen to it, the better it becomes. It wasn't quite as good as some yeah. of the other ones yeah. I listened to this past couple of weeks, so it didn't make my top three. But I feel like it could potentially end up in my top 25 for the end of the year just because the more I listen to it, the more things I find to enjoy about it. Yeah, it so. It's a little rough. You know, it's... Not super clean in, you know, in the production and stuff, but it's kind of fun. You know, it's, it's just kind of fun. It's very fun, I think. Uh, came across a band called Death Preacher, Embrace the Abyss. It's a thrash groove metal band out of Canada. <laughs> you know, if you're into that thrash groove style, uh, give Death Preacher a shot. And I guess probably, uh, I mean, you told me about this one, Death Rupee. Uh-huh. De- death R-O-P-Y. It's a terrible. It's, it's kind of a terrible yeah, name. I, I don't get it. I, it doesn't roll off the tongue <laughs> yeah. very well, but their music is is very solid. Yeah, it's great, great, great mellow death. And I mean, you know, if we would play five or six tracks, uh, this would have definitely made the cut. Uh, but one band that absolutely positively would have made the cut, and I almost debated on bumping something else to put this in, would have been Hysteria. A uh, mellow death band that mixes a little bit of black metal into there. Again, from France. And the album is called Heretic, Sadistic, and Sexual Ecstasy. Great name for an album. <laughs> and, and it's a song name on yeah. the album. Probably the best song on yeah. the album, too. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I could have easily slotted that one in. And so, I mean, if there's one other album that I would suggest you listen to, it would definitely be that Hysteria album. I'll second that. It was my, it was a very strong number four for me. Um, you know, you know, it's gotta be a great week when three other albums surpass the black and mellow death album. Um, (laughs) so, uh, it's, it's a great, great record. You should definitely check out hysteria. And again, a perfect example of how much good shit there is out there. Like, yeah, I, I will never understand the people that insist nothing good has come out since 1992. Oh, me neither. Me neither. There's good stuff every single week. So let me let me talk a couple of my recommendations as well. Um, the one that would be behind Heretic is a band called Null, which is a uh, blackened grindcore band out of Tennessee. Um, they actually consider themselves to be funeral grindcore, which, uh, according to the lead <laughs> singer, does not mean that they're a funeral doom band mixed with grindcore. <laughs> it just means that their music's supposed to make you want to die. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I, I guess that. That doesn't bode well for your fan base, but. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it boded well for me. Uh, when I heard the first track, I was already looking up if I could buy their album on vinyl. And um, I made it all the way through that album, I think, three times that first night. Um, and Grindcore is not even, you know, a preferred subgenre for me. Like, uh, occasionally I'll come across something I like, but it's not too frequent. But this. Yeah. Holy shit. It yeah. is, like I was mentioning, Year of Chaotic Bands. 
uh, this is a chaotic fucking album and it is very, very dark and very, very ominous sounding, very fast paced, you know, like all grindcore is, but you know, there's these elements that are a little bit slow where even though they say they're not funeral doom, it's like they're kind of paying homage to funeral doom in their grindcore sounds. I, yeah. I can't really explain it, but it, it's there. It's an excellent album. If you want something that's a little bit off the beaten path and you like grindcore or you like blackened other kinds of sounds, um, I would strongly recommend this. And this is another one that heavily emphasizes trumpets throughout their music. And as this other layer of oppression to it that <laughs> wouldn't otherwise be there. Um, I really can't. There's something that I got. Really can't say enough good things about it. What I got it. <laughs> from listening to this album was like, this is going to sound a little bit insane, but it would be like a, a serial killer on meth that feels sad about being a serial killer. Yeah, I could you see know, that. The, you could know, when the horns come in and, you know, it slows down <laughs> just for a second. And then he's like, well, yeah. but He's like, I need yeah, more crack. Yeah. I need more crack. Yeah, I'm coming down. <laughs> I, I, I need some more. Yeah, so uh, definitely check out Null if that sounds appealing to you at all. I, I loved it. The next one I want to highlight is a band called Morning Dawn, The Foam of Despair. This thing is almost a perfect album. There's a couple of tracks that aren't as good as the others. And then I feel like they overused spoken word throughout the album. They put it on like four tracks, which just it's too much. Uh, but if you took away that and like you tightened up those last two tracks, this would be like album of the year level quality uh, for me. It's very melodic. kind. It's, it's almost doom. I wouldn't say it's entirely doom, but it's insomnium esque yeah. level of doom. Yeah, it's very pretty. Um, and again, they're another French band. Fr- France is just absolutely dominating metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I feel like definitely great soundtrack to your day sort of music. I loved it. If, if, if those few little things were tightened up, I would be all about this album. I'm hoping that their next one will be a little more perfect. Next is Carnal Savagery Into the Abyssal Void. I think this is the best true death metal album I've heard this year. There's a lot of melody. There's a lot of really quirky kind of things they do in each song that differentiates them from like that standard uh, death metal sound. If you like death metal at all, I highly, highly recommend Carnal Savagery. Um, I enjoyed Blood Red Throne. I enjoyed Vitriol. Uh, They were both really solid death metal albums as well, but I I feel like Carnal Savagery is the front runner as far as that's concerned. And then more on the black metal side, there's a couple others I want to touch on. Um, The Infernal Sea, Helfenlick. These guys are like straight up melodic black metal. Uh, it's very, very good melodic black metal, uh, reminiscent of like the classic first wave stuff. If you enjoy that sound, you will enjoy this too. Cult Vendor released an album called Magna Mater. Um, these guys are Arabian, I think. I'm not sure what country exactly they're from, but they're very emotional in their music. They have that raw emotion that I like in bands like Garia and Aedon, like we've talked about before. Um, it's built into this. It's uh, It's not your typical black metal, though. There's a lot of softer moments with melody built into it this is another one that i feel like is a grower like the more i listen to it the more i appreciate it so uh highly recommend the cult vendor album magna mater i've actually been using that to go to sleep yeah it's a it's probably a great one for going to sleep um so is this next one and my last one a band called dead yellow yeah um and the name of the album is what was left of them it's uh it's post black metal which as you know is one of my favorite genres very emotive just very beautiful the whole way through the album my only real negative thing that kept it from being much higher on my list is just the the tone of the guy's voice. Um, it's just it just doesn't click with me entirely. Uh, just something about the sound of his voice is a little bit off for me. But 
necessarily something he can fix. Yeah. <laughs> but but I really like the album. I really like all the music. So, you know, I'll probably keep listening to it and maybe it'll grow on me. I mean, that's the same thing that I always, you, you know, hear people, you, you know, people that do not care for Yacht area. It's mm-hmm. it's the vocals. The the vocals kind of draw him out. And I even said that in the review that I posted on the site that, you know, his vocals aren't going to be for everybody because it's got that kind of screechy kind of vibe to it that, you know, a yeah. lot of people, I mean, even people that are fine with harsh vocals tend to have a problem with that screechy kind of sound. Yeah, but you can learn to love it. Yeah, it, it doesn't bother me because that Yathuria album, the music is just so insanely good that I, I can't rave about that album enough. That, that album is so fucking good. I feel like with metal, it's just you know a slow progression to being able to accept all the different forms that are out there. Because like, you know, if you told me last year that I one one of my favorite albums I'd heard this year was going to be a grindcore album, I would have said, "Nah, I don't believe you." Yeah, <laughs> you know, but I, I really love it. You know, and I, I've been trying really hard to sort of expand my horizons a little bit i guess so i've been listening to more things that i typically would not listen to and it's been kind of hit or miss like i loved the null album i didn't like the enterprise earth album at all (laughs) you know it's kind of it's kind of like you know you get what you get but i am trying to expand my horizons a little bit i'm still not sure i'm ready for power metal but maybe one day (laughs) yeah that that there's uh uh definitely a a lover hate kind of the the important thing in power metal is you got to be able to get past that cheese and if uh it's not the cheese it's the clean singing and you know that (laughs) yeah well you know those high soaring vocals you know like well and and i mean there's some people that accomplish you know like like bremier yeah Uh, i really like bremier they're a mixture of black metal with you know power power metal metal music and i mean they're full of cheese the cheese doesn't bother me it's the or ball sagath you remember them yeah i remember ball sagath yeah yeah they had, you know, they, they were, I think, one of the first that really tried to mix that that hardcore black death metal sound with a more, uh, uh, I guess, friendly kind of, you know, mixture in there, trying to put a little I'm, bit of lighter. I'm not opposed it. to it. Uh, I mean, if uh, if you can make it work, yeah, you know, yeah. W- when it does work, it's amazing. But so few people get there, you know. <laughs> oh, when it doesn't, it it really doesn't like. Yeah, yeah, that's completely right. All right, well that that does it for our music discussion from the past couple of weeks. Let's move on to our big topic for the show. Uh, so, Christian, you picked genres and subgenres. What what did you want to talk about specifically? Well, there's a segment of uh, people out there that are like, oh, don't label my music, or you know, you shouldn't label it, or well, um, you know, genres are important. Because I yeah. mean, like, like you and I, uh, like, especially like you, like, uh, you, you don't care for power metal. So, like, if I, you know, told you, hey, this here's a uh, fantastic power metal album, you would know to stay away from it because you're probably not going to like it. Uh, if you don't like harsh vocals, you know, having a tag on the the album, you know, and that's one of the reasons that we say what you know genre that this is in is to give a, a general idea. I mean, already, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already okay with harsh vocals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> th- so. there's, a, there's a larger group, you know, that does not care for harsh vocals. And it, I think they're important. Now, I think it can sometimes go off the rails. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, uh, I've seen some bands or whatever that have tried to uh, explain what their album is and, you know, like... 
all these identifiers, you know, like, uh, oh, this is Swedish thrash that's mixed with a little bit of black and some gent and some shoegaze. And it's like, I don't know what half of that means. Now. Just call it like, experimental and move yeah, on. Yeah. Did, or either that or just. <laughs> or avant-garde. Give me the, Those are my two yeah. favorite terms in metal, experimental and avant-garde, because, you know, if you're somebody that's willing to take a chance, you can listen to any album that's coined experimental or avant-garde and say, yeah. okay, you know, it's going to be a mix and, of a bunch of different and just, styles and maybe I'll find stuff I like in here. Yeah. Just tell me what your top three, top two, yeah. just give me top two or three. I feel like three is like a, if you're a death metal band, just, just start out with death. Yeah. Like, and if you say a death metal band with experimental things in it yep. and I'm good, I, I can understand what that means. Or if you just tell me old school death metal, I know exactly what that means. Yeah, the word, uh, but, the word core gets thrown around a lot too. And I mean, like, yeah, you know, with yeah, with deathcore, I mean, it kind of makes sense because it's a mixture of like melodic death and hardcore and grindcore. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing because it doesn't mean the same thing at all. But then you start getting into these weird situations where bands are calling themselves puppycore and swampcore. And it's like, what the fuck does that mean? You're just making up words yeah. at this point. <laughs> Yeah, and the core thing, like, oh my god, uh, some of the stuff that you've that, that I've come across, like, uh, like, well, I mean, just like what you said, puppy core. What the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, it, I fully just, expect that if I listen to that album, I'm going to hear dogs barking the whole time, you know. And if that's not that's what it what is, then you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then you know, you're going to have to have a response album, cat core. Yeah. So you know, you know, for the other half of the people. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's. It, I think it can get a little too much, but you know, most reviewers do a pretty good job of explaining what an album is, and you know, not going too far in the weeds about. Most of the time, it's it's usually fans that uh, go a little too far. Fans and, are, or, you know, put, are bands that don't take themselves serious enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like you know, when we got into the the pirate metal, mm-hmm. you know, that became a thing. And I mean, I get it, but that is just power metal that's got some folk influences in it. Mm -hmm. It's all revolving around pirate songs, I guess, but, you know, it's still just power metal. But some, Um, you know, when these terms exist and it kind of get thrown around, I mean, it's not even necessarily what the band wants. Like, Amon Amarth is a really good example on that trail of thought, because, I mean, a lot of people coin them as Viking metal and... Johan Hegg hates that. Yeah. He's like, we're not a Viking metal band. You know, we're death metal. We just sing about Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, that that started, I mean, that is officially a damn genre now. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're like the band like Inciferum. Um, yeah. You know, they're, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're in that genre. And, I mean, Moon Sorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. You remember back in the day... Um, Oh, what the hell was the name of that band? But they, they were known as Battle Metal, uh, Sudakra. You remember them? Oh, I remember them, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, that that term got thrown around when they came out called Battle Metal, and I had no idea what the fuck that was supposed to mean. It's like it, it seemed very obvious that what they were doing was Mellow Death, but okay, uh, call it what you want, I guess. But I mean, genres are fluid, and they're always evolving over time. I remember... I don't know how long ago it was, 15 years ago, maybe somebody made a metal documentary that everybody was watching and talking about. And he had this tremendous breakdown of all the different genres and subgenres that he showed. And it was like this family tree that sort of branched out and went down each thing. 
And if you go and look at some of the furthest out ones, they just got more and more insane as it went along. Yeah, and then, that there's uh, the guy from uh, that YouTube channel. Uh, his last name's Dunn. He's on that YouTube channel, Banger TV, mm-hmm. uh, which is actually a pretty good channel if you want to check out metal because they, they actually do cover a lot of underground stuff. But he had that full-blown documentary. I mean, it's a fantastic documentary. But he actually expanded that documentary and went into even more detail uh, and you can find those extra episodes on YouTube, actually, hmm. where he actually went in and did a full-blown, in-depth look at, uh, like, Norwegian black metal. Yeah. And I think that's, I think uh, we might be talking about the same guy. I couldn't remember his name, and I can't remember the name of the film that was the original documentary, but I think it's the same guy, because he did, he did do a follow I think it was called Metal, A Headbanger's Drum. That is it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was a good Sam watch. Dunn. It was a good watch. Sam Dunn, that's his name. But I remember he did a long follow up thing about black metal that I watched as well. That was pretty good. Um, yeah, and I mean, you know, he definitely knows his stuff. Uh, me and him don't see eye to eye on what he considers, you know, great metal. You know, he's a big <laughs> Lamb of God fan. Can't go there. But um, yeah, uh, he definitely knows his stuff, though. Yeah, I think uh, yeah. a good rule of thumb with the genre thing is three no more than three identifiers um unless you know experimental or avant-garde is one of them (laughs) and then you can do four yeah yeah (laughs) but generally i mean you know technical death metal blackened death metal melodic death metal you know melodic black metal post black metal and you know honestly (laughs) you, you know the people that aren't into metal you know like my wife she 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 doesn't even understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, uh, or people that are into metal, like, you know, the, like when I tell them that's heavy metal or, you know, that's power metal and they're like, well, that, that all kind of sounds the same. And it's like, no, no, it doesn't. Melodic death metal sounds nothing like power metal. No, it, it's still heavy metal, but they do not sound the same. And, you know, like it, it like my sons, you know, the, uh, my oldest son is not into heavy metal. And, you know, I, I've tried to show him, you know, what the difference is between power metal and like traditional metal, mm-hmm. you know, you know, uh, faster paced, uh, you know, power metal is a little faster paced, a, a little bit more cheesy, uh, you know, and definitely doesn't take itself as seriously as regular heavy metal would. But most of it is just the speed, you know, a lot of double bass, uh, a lot of it comes across as feeling happy, yeah. you know, and that is not what you're going to get from grindcore. So, or black metal. Know, those are not, <laughs> yeah, th- those are not the same things. So, yeah. And, uh, your pe- people, you're right. People that aren't in the culture, you know, just kind of lump everything together and they're like, well, it's all just loud, screamy stuff to me and yeah. don't want anything to do with it. But, you know, once you, once you like dive in and start listening to a variety of stuff, it's pretty easy to figure out what you like and what you don't like. And then, you know, find your, your cult within metal. And I mean, honestly, you know, I'll do this every now and then, you know, like, uh, I'm on, on a lot of heavy metal Facebook groups mm-hmm. and, you know, people will ask for recommendations. And I always say like, well, y- you know, that's kind of a loaded question. What are you into right now? If you, if you give me three to five bands that you're really into, I can give you all sorts of suggestions on like newer shit that you should check out. Yeah. You know, especially if you're like, Hey, uh, I'm a big Metallica fan. You know, like, well, if you're a big Metallica fan, check out Angelus Apatrita. You'll get a lot of the same things that you like out of those two. Where's Zion? Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so it, it's definitely helpful, but hey, 
anybody needs some suggestions on shit, hit me up with five of your favorite bands and I will give you some suggestions. Or me. I mean, I think that yeah. I think that we're both, you know, qualified and long time enough listeners that we at least know what we like in each preferred subgenre because, you know, power metal may not be my thing, but there's a bunch of power metal bands I like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how could you not like Halloween? Right. You know, uh, yeah. Uh, but I mean, it's hit or miss. It's, uh, you know, I'm not going to like everything, but there will be some things. So, yeah, I, I think the, the genre labeling is definitely important just for the purposes of reviews and promotion and getting the music in the hands of people that, you know, are going to like it. But at the same time, it can go off the rails and become something that's just uh, a joke. <laughs> if you Yeah. And I, I think, I think people outside of the metal, you know, sphere or whatever, uh, find that kind of frustrating, really, you know, when you have just too much in there. I mean, it might, it might it seem overwhelming. Yeah. I mean, it might, might seem yeah. overwhelming yeah. to somebody who's new, you know, some 15 year old kid yeah. who's just and, discovering you know, metal. Push people out. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I mean, when it comes down to it, listen to what you like. That's what music's about. Yeah. But the genres definitely do help you find what you like. So, all right. Well, that pretty much wraps up uh, everything we could talk about regarding top, uh, subgenres and genres. So let's move on to our pickup section. Uh, Christian, anything you've picked up recently? Anything you're excited about? Concerts that are coming up? New vinyls? Well, just got an announcement over the last couple of days. Death Clock and dragon force are going to be here in uh in the des moines area they're going to be playing in waukee in april awesome of course you know i still got those tickets to uh blind guardian uh dying fetus is actually going to be in town at some point i forget when that's actually going to be and there's another one that i can't that's right off the top of my head right now there's another tour that's coming through that i'm probably going to go to but otherwise as far as pickup goes i actually found some really good stuff on um discogs this week nice i picked up dri thrash zone and four of a kind on vinyl uh both of them were on sale at this one spot uh for 15 bucks oh that's really good uh, and i mean yeah you know if i find an album that's 15 dollars i'm you know that, that i like i i will I'll, I'll be all over that yeah same here uh, but you know i also picked up megadeth endgame which is something i'd never had on vinyl I do like the record. It's not their greatest, but even a slightly not great Megadeth album is still still better than a lot of bands can do. Are you gonna write about that one as part of your series? Uh, probably not, because that one there actually doesn't get a whole lot of hate. Oh, okay. uh, Thirteen gets a lot of hate, but rightfully so. And Risk, oh, oh what a horrible <laughs> record! Oh God, that album is so bad. Uh, I also picked up uh, Nuclear Assault, Handle with Care on vinyl. Uh, so got some old school stuff. And uh, I picked up Metallica, 72 Seasons. Now, I I, I like the album. I, I don't think it's as good as everybody. I mean, it just won a Grammy. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but it, it's a solid modern Metallica album. And it was at the same website that was selling those DRI albums for $15. I got the Metallica album for 18 So uh, I'll buy it for eighteen dollars. I just wasn't going to buy it for forty. Yeah, and uh, that was my big issue. And then uh, Zeal and Ardor, the album that came out in twenty twenty one. I can't remember what the name of it's called, but uh, they actually had it at that same uh, seller for eight dollars. Oh, that's so not bad at all. I was like, hell yeah! And I mean, you you know the if you're not familiar with Zeal and Ardor, they're that band that mixes uh, like 1850s slave spirituals mm-hmm. and blues. 
uh, with black metal. Yep. Um, and again, you know, something that really shouldn't work. And, you know, for some people, they, they go a little too far in that and not enough black metal, which, yeah, I can I can see that. But, man, a lot of talent here to diffuse those two things and make it work. Yeah. Super impressive to me. Well, that's cool. But that, yeah, that's all I've really picked up over the last couple. I have some other stuff on the way, but. Yeah. Don't, don't it never ends, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I got, you know, I got a lot of pre-orders out there. And, yeah. You know, and then, you know, some of the stuff we went through this week, mm-hmm. you know, uh, if that if that gets a vinyl release, I'm on top of that, too. Yep. Same here. Um, well, as for me, I bought tickets to the Infant Island show in April. Uh, very excited about that. I got tickets to the In Flame show in Houston um, in May. Uh, there's a big pop culture convention called Comic Palooza that happens Memorial Day weekend. And right down the street from there, uh, they're going to be doing an In Flames, Geek Creeper, and Creeping Death show. Uh, that's Saturday night. So a bunch of our fellow metal podcasters are coming down. And uh, we're all going to go together. So that should be fun. Hopefully they'll play a lot of nice. old stuff. <laughs> um, I'm kind of tempted to travel to go see Wayfair and Valdron. I, I don't know if I've talked about Valdron yet on the show or not, but their last album, it's called Throne of the Lunar Soul. I discovered it towards the end of 2023. If I had found it much earlier in the year, it would have been in my top 10. It's one of the best melodic black metal albums I've heard in a very long time. So I'm, I'm tempted to travel for one of those shows, but I haven't decided yet if I'm going to do it. I did, however, pick up that album on Blast Beats Vinyl, uh, when they dropped it the other day. And before that, I mean, it was almost impossible to find. I think the first pressing was only like 40 copies or something. So pretty happy that I was able to grab that. A bunch of other vinyl on the way, same as you, but I did pick up a few new ones that have arrived. I picked up A Secret Revealed, When the Day Yearns for Light. Uh, that was an album that came out in 2021 that was in my top 10 or just outside of my top 10. Fucking love that album. It's a fantastic post-black album. Um, I picked up... Bortnagar True North, and I pre-ordered the new Bortnagar as well. It's really good. Um, I pre-ordered the new Isan album. Very much looking forward to that getting here. You heard that now, right? I did. Yeah, I did. What do you think? I like it. I like it a lot. Um, but I also think that it's going to get better with time. So it's kind of a double whammy. Uh, it could end up being very high on my end of your list if it if I give it enough time. I think. Yeah, I've I've only listened to it twice, and uh, I I think it's okay. Uh, it's not hitting for me yet, but give it some more shots. I, th- I think it'll get there for you. It's a, it's a grower. I also got a couple of old immortal albums. I picked up all shall fall and sons of Northern darkness, um, during some of the winter sales and those finally showed up. I've lost track of all the albums I got cause there were so many. Yeah. <laughs> I picked up, uh, Toma room, ash and realms of stone icons. That was like a top 10 album, um, last year yeah. or 2022 rather. That album is just so good. If you never heard it, um, yeah, I Tomaroon. picked that up. You know, the the week it got released, I, I think it was my album of the week that week. And uh, yeah, it it's a great record. Uh, they're out of Atlanta, aren't they? I, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, as I mentioned before, I won that contest to go and see the Hath Wormhole and Gorod show in Houston, and um, that concert was just fucking awesome i never been to white oak music hall before oh white oak is great it's a very like small venue so you're really up close and personal with the bands and like the opening acts were both phenomenal hath was really cool they sat around and talked to me for a while they signed my record you know you could just chill with the bands at their merch booths while the other bands were playing and it was awesome gorod put on this incredible show 
and turned me from a fair weather fan into a true believer. Um, just, just one of the best concerts I've ever been to, to be honest, they did a huge write up on our site. So was that you know, upstairs that out. at White Oak? Yeah, it was, upstairs? it was upstairs. Yeah. Because when yeah, you said a the, very small small venue, I was like, well, "Fuck that!" That's well, there's three there's hero. three stages, yeah. So it's it, it was the smallest of the three stages, I think. Okay. But, um, so yeah, uh, Seasons of Mist actually gave me a giveaway of two tickets to that, and I took my buddy Dave, and they also gave me a vinyl copy of Wormhole's latest, Almost Human. So that's pretty cool. So thanks to them for that. And then uh, my battle jacket finally showed up, my vest, nice. and then patches have been trickling in. So. Pretty soon I'll be able to get that all stitched up and wear my full gear for shows. <laughs> so looking forward to that. But other than that, and I know that was a lot, uh, I don't think I have anything else really as far as pickups go. So I'd like to remind everybody, you know, follow us on social media, help promote the show. Um, we are having some issues with Facebook where we can't post links to the website at so the moment. Annoying. But hope so damn it's really, really dumb. I think they didn't like the term death metal being in my uh, website description. <laughs> I don't know, but we're working on getting that fixed. Um, in the meantime, follow us on all the social media. We're at harsh vocal site, um, S I T E on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And, uh, you know, if you can share our links and share our posts, that would be really helpful. And of course, go to the site, read our articles. Um, we did, uh, hire a couple of new writers, so we're gonna have a lot more content coming out soon. Very excited to have those guys joining the team, and you'll find out more about them as this goes on. I'm sure we'll have them on as guests at some point or another. Anything else you want to add, Christian? And hey, if uh, you have an album that you think deserves a little bit more of attention that you know really doesn't, you know, hit us up. Uh, I got no problem, you know, writing a review on. Like, if there's something you want us to review, just let us know. I'll do a review. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, we'll be happy to do that. All right. Well, as usual, we close out every show with a blast from the past selection. And this time it was Christian's turn to choose. So Christian, what are we going to be closing out with? We are going to go with one of the uh, greatest mellow death bands ever, uh, Dark Tranquility, and the song The Treason Wall. This is from uh, Damage Done, right? Yeah, Damage Done, which is, you know, like when I originally wrote the review for this back when I was writing for uh, Metal Crypt, it actually got linked to a uh, Swedish newspaper. Oh wow! Because I I mentioned I, I mentioned in the review that this is not only just a fantastic melodic death album, but it redefines what the genre could do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was so in love with this album that it. I mean, everything about this album is just top tier. It was one of the first uh, mellow death albums that I discovered as well, and really the album that made me fall in love with the genre, um, as well as like in flames is colony and um lunar strain yeah. like once i found those i was hooked and that was that started my descent into heavier and heavier music so dark tranquility definitely has a soft spot in my heart it's actually kind of funny because i i, I originally got into dark tranquility on the projector album mm-hmm. and that's when michael stana tried to do clean vocals uh you remember that album? i do yeah <laughs> I, I actually really really like that album uh not not his vocals. I, I don't think his vocals are very good at all. But they were they were clean and but the music was You know, uh, to, to be fair, none really of the Gothenburg melodic death metal bands had good clean vocals except for soil work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Speedstrid is one of the best singers out there. Like he's fucking phenomenal, but everybody else, you know, they could scream. Clean vocals are very hit or miss. <laughs> 
Yeah, the the only band that I I would say you know from that well I I guess they're not really mellow death or more progressive but you know Opeth mm-hmm. you know Michael Ackerfeld he can actually sing yeah I but mean, that, he's a fantastic vocalist I agree I, I don't think you know, he fits his, in that even his genre, clean though. stuff <laughs> yeah it's not the same thing but you know w- with him I interviewed him actually during the Blackwater Park tour that's cool. uh, that that was a long time ago and you know he flat out said. Because I asked him, because he, he has such a good, clean voice. Like, uh, why doesn't he, uh, you know, have more clean vocals? And he said, well, it, he views his voice as another instrument. He said, that guy, and, Justin Corbett, know, he's going to hate it. He wants, you know, yeah, only harsh Yeah, vocals. he wants that harsh, harsh stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get on it. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, this is going to be The Treason Wall from Dark Tranquility off the album Damage Done. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Enjoy your week.